Welcome to another episode of the Finding Hope Podcast from Rogue Retreat. Music, courtesy of Jason Shaw. Listen each week as we profile another person who found hope at Rogue Retreat. My name is Stan Luttrell. Sit back, relax, and join us for the next episode. Thank you for listening. Welcome to episode 12 of Finding Hope. My name is Stan Luttrell along with Matt Volostrauss, but in just a moment, I'm going to introduce you to the person who will be hosting today's episode. I call this episode Crystal's Revenge (laughs) because Crystal will be the one asking the questions and I will be the one in the hot seat. It's going to be fun. And it will be, I'm sure it will be an episode to remember. (laughs) And I want to let people know that we're hosted by Anchor.fm, so please... uh, Make a note of that and go there and donate because we would really like to see some uh, traction with respect to donations to the podcast so that I can stay here. Otherwise, I may have to go away. (laughs) And and, And we would hate to have that happen. And we would really hate to have that happen. (laughs) And my wallet would hate to have that happen. And uh, remember that you can find these podcasts using the Apple ecosystem, or you could go to Google and use their ecosystem, and quite a few places like um, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And so go there and check those entities out, and uh, leave us a, some feedback on the iTunes store, whatever they whatever they call it this week. Anyway, without any further ado, let's introduce you to the lovely and vivacious Crystal. Hi, Stan. Thank you. So it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and I've enjoyed having you around. But I've learned you have quite the story to tell yourself. Um, do you want to start from the beginning? That'd be kind of a long story, but uh, I will say that I grew up in the East Bay area of California in a town called Pittsburgh. And there was a prominent radio personality, Bay Area radio personality, by the name of Dr. Don Rose. And he once said Pittsburgh was the armpit of Contra Costa County. <laughs> and, uh, but he, and he actually said that, and he, uh, was, uh, he worked at a station called KFRC for years, and then he later uh, worked at uh, KKIS, which was a small radio station in Pittsburgh, California, or actually in Concord at the time, although it was licensed well anyway. And I was one of the people who did work for him. I did uh, weather and all sorts of stuff for Dr. Don, and I was uh, in radio for a while. I worked, uh, I always jokingly say I made more comebacks than Richard Nixon, if people know who that is, because I was at that radio station twice. 
with a couple different owners, and I it was a, even a couple different call letters. But uh, I was there. I'll tell you a funny story that happened while I was there. I was, I, in addition to doing whether I, I was involved in helping out with an oldies program, oldies music, and since I was going to come in there anyway, one of the owner's utility people wanted me to, because they would send me the check in the mail, because I worked from home a lot of times. So what they wanted me to do was steam off the stamp. Hmm. And I said, no, I'm not going to steam off the stamp. That is just totally ridiculous. Even though stamps were a lot cheaper than in 93, 94. How much did they cost back then? I don't know, but they were a lot cheaper than they are now. (laughs) And uh, I knew that it wasn't worth me getting into trouble (coughs) with steaming off stamps. And we said, no, this is not... And, and they were they were serious. They were not... When he opened his wallet, moths flew out. You know, that's the way the guy was that owned it. So it sounds like you've always been a man with integrity. I try to be, and I always am. I always, But to go back further, I graduated. I went to a public school. I was mainstreamed before mainstreaming was became cool. <laughs> and... I graduated from Pittsburgh High School. I went to school. I was one of a handful of uh, blind people or special needs people. We were lucky because we had, uh, there was one, two special ed teachers. One taught the people that had visual impairment, and the other teacher taught people with hearing impairment. So I was lucky. I was able to be going um, to school where uh, the same day I could be integrated in the classroom and then back into it. But a lot of times that also presented difficulties because, unfortunately, uh, some people aren't always used to being around blind people, but they hide it, and some people are very fake. And uh, it can be... An interesting experience. I'll just put it that way so I can be polite. (laughs) Because I can tell stories and I will not. But but anyway, you have a question. Yeah. um, So, Stan, when when did you end up coming to Oregon and why? (laughs) Oh, there's a line there. But I cannot say it. (laughs) I sometimes ask myself. No, I don't ask myself that. But when when... I came to Oregon to be real precise. I had family up here anyway. Mm -hmm. And on December the 30th of 1999, I came to Oregon. And I owned a home in Pittsburgh, California. Uh, When my mom died, I decided, plus the neighborhood in which I lived, had gone downhill. There were a lot of elements that uh, you just didn't want to be near. Uh, Just because it was difficult. Anyway, I decided to sell the home. And that in and of itself was an experience because I had some rather difficult relatives. Mm. That uh, they 
give an example when the, I didn't sell the home to certain people. Mm-hmm. They decided that they would do everything they could, put holes in walls, holes in doors, holes in whatever. Mm-hmm. And my, the insurance company that was my insurance company said that was one of the worst things they'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I lived for a while until I could sell the house and do certain things. I lived with a sister that lived in Prospect and her husband, sister and her husband. And Prospect is in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I... It's an interesting area. <laughs> I... Uh, okay, okay. I was so happy to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, living with relatives is not easy, even mm-hmm. as good as they are. They just, it's not a always a good I good thing. So is that when you started to work at Rover Retreat? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, th- this is when I came up here is in 2000. So, oh, 1999. So it was a long time before Rover Retreat was even around. Yeah. And I started ro- uh, working with Rover Retreat in, in, uh, in July. Mm-hmm. How'd you come here? How'd I come here? We had a, um, person who was doing a job developing uh, uh, how do I call it? job developing task mm-hmm. and so he knew Chad mm-hmm. everybody knows Chad everybody, everybody knows Chad <laughs> Chad is a popular man and one day we'll have to get him on here for I know <laughs> anyway he knew Chad and he said well look we're going to try to get everything worked out to where you could be there and after a lot of back and forth and this and that and the other thing, and uh, in fact, I was afraid it wasn't even going to come about because it took so long. Yeah, we started talking with you back in March. Yeah, and so, I mean, that always seems like a long time, <coughs> even if it's a couple of months, because uh, before that, before this, I was doing some uh Work paid work for the genealogy library mm-hmm. in Jackson County Genealogy Library, and though I was paid through Easter Seals, and then before that I was paid through an entity called Experience Works, mm. and those entities were involved in paying hard to employ people that were over fifty five. Okay, and. Uh, Easter Seals took over for Experience Works because, well, they didn't do the I's and the T's and they lost the contract. And so Easter Seals picked it up. And so I was lucky enough to be paid at the genealogy library doing genealogy for eight, the better part of eight years. Yeah. So... Stan, when you um, came to Rover Treat, and yeah. mind you, it's been a blessing to be able to work with you um, since this past July. Um, what has been your experience um, just coming into the organization brand new? Oh, the experience has been nothing short of tremendous and awesome because what I notice is that everybody works together like a cohesive threading of uh, you know everybody works together that seems to be the culture here yes definitely 
And I, and I, that's the first thing I noticed. Because, oh, I should also say that I was also on the, I was an electric, electric, yeah, no, elected board member for Rogue Valley Transportation District for something like 13 years. I was appointed, and yeah, and so I was, of course, I was unpaid, but nevertheless, I was elected, and to be elected by the community. That's mm-hmm. still quite an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I loved it, but, um, and I won a community <laughs> awards, pre, uh, I was presented with a community awards plaque mm-hmm. by the Jackson County Board of Commissioners. That's awesome. And so that was something that really made me feel extremely proud. So that is a little bit about me, about a uh, uh, thumbnail. So, and I graduated from San Francisco State. I was a speech and communications major. Excellent. And I graduated from there in 1979 and went there. The only bad thing about that was things have changed so much technologically speaking that going through school and doing everything I needed to do then, I burned out. Mm -hmm. I just plain burned out. Otherwise, if I had access to the technology I have now, I probably would have gone on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, but I... But that, and of course, before that, I attended junior college after high school, um, after 1974. Mm -hmm. I attended what they call the Orientation Center for the Blind in Albany, California, where you do the the things that you need to learn to do, you know, laundry and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. And... um, Basic living skills. Basic living skills. That's what I was going to... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then I... As I say, I went to uh, Diablo Valley Junior College, and and then I went to San Francisco State. Graduated from there in hmm. nineteen seventy nine. Oh wow! And so, in nineteen eighty, I did ratings research for a radio station in San Francisco. Uh, it was, and I did some stuff for. They had two stations in. San Francisco KNBR and KYUU, which they were both owned by NBC, mm-hmm. and a couple of radio friends that I knew helped me get the internship there. How was that? It was it was it was great, except for the fact I was using a typewriter to to try to you know you would have to ha- get people to answer the questions, mm-hmm. but you had to try to use the typewriter and set up the tabs in just the right spot. We didn't use computers like we do now. Mm-hmm. And I had no input to, what, to to know where I was. So it was not fun. Mm-hmm. What they did was they had, people, they had uh, little bits of songs that were on a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what a cassette tape is. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, and so you played little snippets of song. And the funny thing is, we had I had quite a few people guess which radio station I was calling from. Mm. But the funny, the most gratifying thing for me was, because sometimes we would go and we'd call the same people again, and but at different times. 
you're like one week someone would call and one week somebody else would do it just for the luck of the draw. And all of a sudden, one of the people asked, one of the participants, well, where is Stan? He took my call before. <laughs> and he said, well, he's busy. But they wanted me to talk to them instead of oh, the person funny. they got. <laughs> uh. And that is like, whoa, that's one of those kind of things where you realize that is sort of awesome to have people have that much, have, have that much influence that they want to talk to you. They don't, no, why did you call? Why didn't he call? <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> that is. Okay. Anyway, else, what else would you like? I'm so out. you have multiple degrees under your belt then? Well, just the high school, and then I had uh, the junior college degree, mm-hmm. and then I had a Bachelor of Arts in uh, Speech and Communications from San Francisco State. That's excellent. So I have another question for you. When you came to Row Retreat, did you know what we were about? Oh, sure. You did? I was given, I was given a heads up. I was given information. I, was, I checked you guys out. So. <laughs> what do you think now that you've been here for a while? Oh, the same thing I thought the first day I came here. I love it. I love the people. I, I'm impressed with every person that I've come to know here. And that is something to where you just... I enjoy it every day I come here. Because, of course, Crystal, you're normally the first person I see. Unless I'm walking up here and I may run into... Um, um, someone, you know, uh, oh, like the first per- oh, God, now why am I doing this? I'm blanking mm-hmm. on the, the first person we interviewed. Oh, Harold. Harold. Yeah. I saw him today, and I think, <laughs> you know, Harold, and then I'll, or I'll sometimes run into even you sometimes, Crystal, and, yeah. and, yeah. and I just love it. It's just, I don't know, I can't say one negative thing about this place. Yeah. I mean, I really love it and because I see what you guys do and I see what a difference it's made in the people that are here. I mean, the mischievous Rowena and <laughs> <laughs> and watching, you know, what a difference that has, that's been life-changing for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how can you not enjoy... Being at some place where everybody's trying to help everybody else out. And transforming for the And better. transforming, yeah. Uh, you almost get to witness the heartbeat of the agency. Yes. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. yeah. So anything, what else? Well, you know, I was kind of thinking. Um, so, Oh, this is the day you're thinking. <laughs> so, Stan, a lot of what we um, do is we, um, with this, with the podcast, is we've been interviewing a lot of people that have been receive services or in certain cases work for Retreat for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, going through life um, with um, with the blindness that you've had um, your entire life, I know that you've encountered a lot of different barriers. Um, barriers that for some people would cause them to lose hope. Uh, what, what has been your secret? Because you are an amazingly positive person to keeping yourself hopeful and really just kind of positive about what the future holds? Well, I think it's a belief system, a belief of what can be Mm -hmm. versus what is now. 
um, whether you're a spiritual belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't put a name on it, but I can tell you that I've had to to watch over things. I've had to convince people because I know a lot of times when you're going through school, you could, I could see people that were less than convinced that I could <coughs> even be there in a classroom. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing. And you have to have to have uh, teachers that have the forethought of, for example, if you've ever studied geometry or if you've ever studied chemistry, to have that instructor have the idea of how can we do this? How can we teach this concept so that uh, Stan can take part like everyone else Mm -hmm. and I was insistent that I do take part which means anytime you do after time you are insistent I know there are people that probably you know that uh, thought I was you know arrogant because you know they had their own preconceived notions of what a blind person should or should not Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and you have to be able to say that's your problem. And you know, there are times when I've had to um to get rid of friends or people that were friends or I thought were mm-hmm. because uh gave me a funny story. I had a person that I, they used to help out when I was a kid. And I got in touch with a person years later went to school together and I said because I was because I know that I was rough on the person at times and and the person lived in northern California let's just say and I would get in touch with the individual and the person would say oh Stan keep in touch and then all of a sudden, I noticed during one of our conversations, the person sounded very distant. So, because, you know, you know a lot of people on Facebook, I do, and I got in touch with, the, the, I mean, I knew the individual sister. And I said, what is up with with her brother? I said, what's, what's the deal? And she talked in circles and said, oh... He doesn't understand your situation. Now, I don't understand what that means, but I do know I don't want to understand. Mm -hmm. Because if that person has an issue then and can't confront it, then that's his problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not mine. Right. Absolutely. And so I... um, I said, you know, I had to say, these people are not the kind of people I want to deal with. And I said... You're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely sometimes you do have to do that. And I just want to jump in here real quick because I know that Crystal has to get back to her um, her day job. Yes. Yeah. And I I just wanted to take a moment and just thank you for um, helping guest host this episode of the podcast. And I know that um, you got to go relieve um, Charlena so that she can take her lunch break now. And I just want to thank you for giving us part of your lunch break to do this. Well, and thank you, Stan, for being a part of... A retreat. Well, you know, it's kind of different. This is sort of like the other side of the, yeah, uh, you know, 
other side of the podcast situation. Exactly. Because here I am being on the hot seat. But that was it was nice. Crystal, you did a good job. <laughs> thank you, Crystal. Thank you. And thank you for the idea today because Matt and I were looking for what we were going to do. Well, you have a story and I wanted to hear it. So. Well, you can't beat the stories. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, bye. So, Stan, yeah. um, I do I do have one last question, just okay. to kind of keep in uniform with how we typically end these podcasts. Right. So, if you were to have a message of hope for somebody that might be listening, um, whether they are an individual that is struggling with the experience of homelessness, or if um, they're going through their own struggles, what would be your message of hope for them? Well, first of all, for people that oftentimes you do end up uh, let's say you have you're gaining a disability later in life, for example, that'd be another instance. Mm-hmm. Or if you're struggling with hope, you know, homelessness. Hopelessness doesn't have to be the be all and end all. And try to find your hope wherever you can do it, whether it's spiritually, or, but also. I always like the phrase. Stick and stay and make it pay. Mm. Because if you can stick and stay, you can climb whatever wall or whatever mountain you think is a mountain. Because that mountain, you know, once you keep climbing, you realize the top is near. Mm -hmm. And you can persevere and you must. And it's not going to... No one said it was... You know, I always remember what... I was told, and uh, there was this actor named Spencer Tracy, and he once said, just because we make it look easy doesn't mean it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing whether your problem is, you know, drug addiction, drug addiction, alcohol, whether your problem is homelessness, or whether your problem is, you know, even... Uh, you know, losing weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my current journey. <laughs> you know, and it is. Well, see, and, and so far I've lost about 20 pounds, so my doctor was happy the other day. Congrats. And it's always nice when the doctor's happy. Yeah, and, the, you know, the and journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, and you can, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it, you, I think people have to remember to try to be their own best friend. Mm. I think sometimes, I think most, many of us get stuck on being so concerned about what other people think about us or having preconceived notions that we don't know that we can have a guidance within ourselves to... That inner light. The inner light that Mm -hmm. says, you know, you can continue and it doesn't mean it's easy, and it never is, but you can do it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Stan, I just want to thank you for um, being our latest victim, uh, to, <laughs> to steal some terminology from you. Yes, I know. And um, I just want to thank everybody for listening in to episode 12 of our Finding Hope podcast. And, and I'm remember. And you um, finish out your, your pitch. And remember, <laughs> please go to the host podcasting host service anchor.fm and make 
a donation. Hit that donate button mm-hmm. and make it happen. I feel like I'm on one of those, you know, um, um, pledge drives. You are. You know, this like, is a pledge drive right now. Okay, now, like, it's time. Now, it is not enough, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. You can do it. We have so many, before we reach the top, we expect this much until, okay. Anyway, (laughs) have a great day, everybody, and take care. Thank you. Welcome to episode 12 of Finding Hope. My name is Stan Luttrell, along with Matt Volostrauss, but in just a moment, I'm going to introduce you to the person who will be hosting today's episode. I call this episode Crystal's Revenge (laughs) because Crystal will be the one asking the questions and I will be the one in the hot seat. It's going to be fun. And it will be, I'm sure it will be an episode to remember. (laughs) And I want to let people know that we're hosted by Anchor.fm, so please... um, Make a note of that and go there and donate because we would really like to see some uh, traction with respect to donations to the podcast so that I can stay here. Otherwise, I may have to go away. (laughs) And and, And we would hate to have that happen. And we would really hate (laughs) to have that happen. And my wallet would hate to have that happen. And uh, remember that you can find these podcasts using the Apple ecosystem, or you could go to Google and use their ecosystem, and uh, quite a few places like um, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And so go there and check those entities out, and uh, leave us a, some feedback on the iTunes store, whatever whatever they call it this week. Anyway, without any further ado, let's introduce you to the lovely and vivacious Crystal. Hi, Stan. Thank you. So, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and I've enjoyed having you around, but I've learned you have quite the story to tell yourself. Um, do you want to start from the beginning? That would be kind of a long story, but uh, I will say that I grew up in the East Bay area of California in a town called Pittsburgh. And there was a prominent radio personality, a Bay Area radio personality, by the name of Dr. Don Rose. And he once said Pittsburgh was the armpit of Contra Costa County. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he he actually said that, and he he worked at a station called KFRC for years, and then he later uh, worked at uh, KKIS, which was a small radio station in Pittsburgh, California, or actually in Concord at the time, although it was licensed well anyway. And I was one of the people who did work for him. I did uh, weather and all sorts of stuff for Dr. Don, and I 
was uh, in radio for a while. I worked. Uh, I, I always jokingly say I made more comebacks than Richard Nixon, if people know who that is, because I was at that radio station twice uh, with a couple different owners, and I it was a, even a couple different call letters. But uh, I was there. I'll tell you a funny story that happened while I was there. I was, I, in addition to doing whether I. I was involved in helping out with an oldies program, oldies music. And since I was going to come in there anyway, one of the owner's utility people wanted me to, because they would send me the check in the mail, because I worked from home a lot of times. So what they wanted me to do was steam off the stamp. Hmm. And I said, no. I'm not going to steam off the stamp. That is just totally ridiculous. E- even though stamps were a lot cheaper than in 93, 94. How much did they cost back then? I don't know, but they were a lot cheaper than they are now. <laughs> and uh, I knew that it wasn't worth me getting into trouble for <coughs> steaming off stamps. And I said, no, this is not... And, and they were they were serious. They were not... When he opened his wallet, moths flew out. You know, that's the way the guy was that owned it. So it sounds like you've always been a man with integrity. I try to be, and I always am. I always, But to go back further, I graduated. I went to a public school. I was mainstreamed before mainstreaming was became cool. <laughs> and I graduated from Pittsburgh High School. I went to school. I was... One of a handful of uh, blind people or special needs people, we were lucky because we had, uh, there was one, two special ed teachers. One taught the people that had visual impairment and the other teacher taught people with hearing impairment. So I was lucky. I was able to be going uh, to school where... Uh, the same day I could be integrated in the classroom and then back into it. But a lot of times that also presented difficulties because unfortunately uh, some people aren't always used to being around blind people but they hide it and some people are very fake and uh, it can be an interesting experience. I'll just put it that way so I can be polite. (laughs) Because I can tell stories, and I will not. So, but, but anyway, you have a question. Yeah. Um. So, Stan, what brought when when did you end up coming to Oregon, and why? <laughs> oh, there's a line there, but I cannot say it. <laughs> I sometimes ask myself. No, I don't ask myself that. But when I, when I came to Oregon, to be real precise, I had family up here anyway. Mm-hmm. And on December the 30th of 1999, I came to Oregon. And I owned a home in Pittsburgh, California. Uh, When my mom died, I decided, plus the neighborhood in which I lived, had gone downhill. There were a lot of elements that... uh, you just didn't want to be near. Uh, just because it was difficult. Anyway, I decided to sell the home. 
and that in and of itself was an experience because I had some rather difficult relatives mm. that uh, they give an example when the, I didn't sell the home to certain people mm-hmm. they decided that they would do everything they could put holes in walls holes in doors holes in whatever mm-hmm. and my the insurance company that was my insurance company said that was one of the worst things they'd ever seen mm-hmm. so I lived for a while until I could sell the house and do certain things. I lived with a sister that lived in Prospect and her husband, sister and her husband. And Prospect is in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I... It's an interesting area. <laughs> I... Uh, okay, okay. I was so happy to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, living with relatives is not easy, even as good as they are. They just it's not a always a good i good thing. So, is that when you started to work at Robe Retreat? Oh no 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 no! Uh, th- this is when I came up here. Is in two thousand, so oh nineteen ninety nine. So it was a long time before Robe Retreat was even around. Yeah, and. I started ro- uh, working with Rogue Retreat in in, uh, in July. Mm-hmm. How'd you come here? How did I come here? We had a um, person who was doing a job developing. Uh, uh, how do I call it? job developing task? Mm-hmm. And so he knew Chad. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Chad. Everybody, Everybody knows Chad. <laughs> Chad is a popular man, and one day we'll have to get him on here for I know. <laughs> anyway, he knew Chad, and he said, well, look, we're going to try to get everything worked out to where you could be there. And after a lot of back and forth and this and that and the other thing, and, uh, in fact, I was afraid it wasn't even going to come about because it took so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started talking with you back in March. Yeah, and so, I mean, that always seems like a long time, even if it's a couple months, because uh, before that, before this, I was doing some uh, work, paid work for the genealogy library Mm -hmm. in Jackson County Genealogy Library, and though I was paid through Easter Seals, and then before that, I was paid through an entity called Experience Works. Mm. And those entities were involved in paying hard to employ people that were over 55. Okay. And uh, Easter Seals took over for Experience Works because, well, they didn't do the the I's and the T's and they lost the contract. And so Easter Seals picked it up. And so I was lucky enough to be paid at the genealogy library doing genealogy for eight, the better part of eight years. Yeah. So, Stan, when you um, came to Rogue Retreat, and yeah. mind you, it's been a blessing to be able to work with you um, since this past July, um, what has been your experience um, just coming into the organization brand new? Oh, the experience has been nothing short of tremendous and awesome because what I noticed 
is that everybody works together like a cohesive threading of, uh, you know, everybody works together. That seems to be the culture here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. And, I, and I, that's the first thing I noticed. Because, oh, I should also say that I was also on the, I was electric, electric, yeah, no, elected board member for Rogue Valley Transportation District for something like 13 years. I was appointed, in the, yeah, and so I was, of course, I was unpaid, but nevertheless, I was elected, and to be elected by the community. That's mm-hmm. still quite an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I loved it, but, um, and I won a community <laughs> awards, pre, uh, I was presented with a community awards plaque mm-hmm. by the Jackson County Board of Commissioners. That's awesome. And so that was something that really made me feel extremely proud. So that is a little bit about me, about a uh, thumbnail. So, and I graduated from San Francisco State. I was a speech and communications major. Excellent. And I graduated from there in 1979 and went there. The only bad thing about that was... Things have changed so much, technologically speaking, that going through school and doing everything I needed to do then, I burned out. Mm -hmm. I just plain burned out. Otherwise, if I had access to the technology I have now, I probably would have gone on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, but I... But that, and of course, before that, I attended junior college after high school, um, after 1974. Mm-hmm. I attended what they call the Orientation Center for the Blind in Albany, California, where you do the the things that you need to learn to do, you know, laundry and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. And so um, Basic living skills. Basic living skills. That's what I was going to, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And then I... As I say, I went to uh, Diablo Valley Junior College, and and then I went to San Francisco State, graduated from there in hmm. 1979. Oh, wow. And so in 1980, I did ratings research for a radio station in San Francisco. Uh, it was, and I did some stuff for, they had two stations in... San Francisco KNBR and KYUU, which they were both owned by NBC, mm-hmm. and a couple of radio friends that I knew helped me get the internship there. How was that? It was it was it was great, except for the fact I was using a typewriter to to try to, you know, you would have to ha- get people to answer the questions, mm-hmm. but you had to try to use the typewriter and set up the tabs in just the right spot. We didn't use computers like we do now. Mm-hmm. And I had no input to, what, to to know where I was. So it was not fun. Mm-hmm. What they did was they had people, they had uh, little bits of songs that were on a cassette tape. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what a cassette tape is. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, and so you played little snippets of song. And the funny thing is, we had, I had quite a few people guess 
which radio station I was calling from. Mm. But the funny, the most gratifying thing for me was when, because sometimes we would go and we'd call the same people again, and but at different times. You like one week someone would call them, one week somebody else would do it, just for the luck of the draw. And all of a sudden, one of the people asked, one of the participants, well, where is Stan? He took my call before. <laughs> and he said, well, he's busy. But they wanted me to talk to them instead of oh, the person funny. they got. <laughs> uh. And that is like, whoa, that's one of those kind of things where you realize that is sort of awesome to have people have that much, have, have that much influence that they want to talk to you. They don't, no, why did you call? Why didn't he call? <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> that is. Anyway, else, what else would you like? I'm, I'm so out. you have multiple degrees under your belt then? Well, just the high school, and then I had uh, the junior college degree, mm-hmm. and then I had a Bachelor of Arts in uh, Speech and Communications from San Francisco State. That's excellent. So I have another question for you. When you came to Rogue Retreat, did you know what we were about? Oh, sure. You did? I was given... I was given a heads up. I was given information. I was... I checked you guys out. So <laughs> what do you think now that you've been here for a while? Oh, the same thing I thought the first day I came here. I love it. I love the people. I, I'm impressed with every person that I've come to know here. And... That is something to where you just... I enjoy it every day I come here. Because, of course, Crystal, you're normally the first person I see. Unless I'm walking up here and I may run into um, um, someone, you know... uh, Oh, like the first person... Oh, why am I doing this? I'm blanking Mm -hmm. on the, the first person we interviewed. Oh, Harold. Harold. Yeah. I saw him today. And I think, <laughs> you know, Harold and then I'll, or I'll sometimes run in, even you sometimes, Crystal. And, yeah. And, yeah. and I just love it. It's just, I don't know, I can't say one negative thing about this place. Yeah. I mean, I really love it and because I see what you guys do and I see what a difference it's made in the people that are here. I mean... The mischievous Rowena and <laughs> <laughs> and watching, you know, what a difference that has that's been life changing for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how can you not enjoy being at some place where everybody's trying to help everybody else out and transforming for the and better. transforming? Yeah. Yeah, you almost get to witness the heartbeat of the agency. Yes, yeah. doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, anything? What else? Well, you know, I was kind of thinking. Um, so, oh, this is the day you're thinking. <laughs> so, Stan, a lot of what we um, do is we um, with this with the podcast is we've been interviewing a lot of people that have been received services or, in certain cases, worked for Rogue Retreat for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, going through life um, with um, with the blindness that you've had um, your entire life. I know that you've encountered a lot of different barriers, um, barriers that for some people would cause them to lose hope. Uh, what, what has been your secret? Because you are an amazingly positive person. 
to keeping yourself hopeful and really just kind of positive about what the future holds? Well, I think it's a belief system, a belief of what can be mm-hmm. versus what is now. Um, whether you a spiritual belief, mm-hmm. um, I can't put a name on it, but I can tell you that I've had to to watch over things. I've had to convince people because I know a lot of times when you're going through school, you could, I could, see people that were less than convinced that I could <coughs> even be there in a classroom, mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing. And you have to have to have uh, teachers that have the forethought of, for example, if you've ever studied geometry or if you've ever studied chemistry, to have that instructor have the idea of how can we do this? How can we teach this concept so that uh, Stan can take part like everyone else? And I was insistent that I do take part, which means any time you do, after time you are insistent, I know there are people that probably, you know, that uh, thought I was, you know, arrogant because, you know, they had their own preconceived notions of what a blind person should or should not do. Yeah, and... And you have to be able to say that's your problem. And you know, there are times when I've had to um to get rid of friends or people that were friends or I thought were mm-hmm. because uh gave me a funny story. I had a person that that used to help out when I was a kid. And I got in touch with a person years later went school together and I said because I was because I know that I was rough on the person at times and and the person lived in northern California let's just say and I'd get in touch with the individual and the person would say oh Stan keep in touch and then all of a sudden I noticed during one of our conversations the person sounded very distant so, because, you know, you know a lot of people on Facebook, I do, and I got in touch with, the, the, I mean, I knew the individual sister, and I said, what is up with with her brother? I said, what's, what's the deal? And she talked in circles and said, oh, he doesn't understand your situation. Now... I don't understand what that means, but I do know I don't want to understand. Mm-hmm. Because if that person has an issue then and can't confront it, then that's his problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not mine. Right. And, Absolutely. And so I um, I said, you know, I had to say, these people are not the kind of people I want to deal with. And I said, yeah, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely sometimes you do have to do that. And I just want to... Um, jump in here real quick because I know that Crystal has to get back to her um, her day job. Yes. My post. Yeah, and I um, <laughs> I just wanted to take a moment and just thank you for um, helping guest host this episode of the podcast and 
I know that um, you got to go relieve um, Charlena so that she can take her lunch break now. And I just want to thank you for giving us part of your lunch break to do this. Well, and thank you, Stan, for being a part of a rogue retreat. Well, you know, it's kind of different. This is sort of like the other side of the... Yeah. Uh, you know, other side of the podcast situation. Exactly. Because here I am being on the hot seat. But that was it was nice. Crystal, you did a good job. <laughs> thank you, Crystal. Thank you, and then, thank you for the idea today because Matt and I were looking for what we were going to do. <laughs> well, you have a story and I wanted to hear it, so. Well, you can't beat the stories. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, bye. So, Stan, yeah. um, I, do, I do have one last question just okay. to kind of keep in uniform with how we typically end these podcasts. Right. So if you were to have a message of hope for somebody that might be listening, um, whether they are an individual that is struggling with the experience of homelessness or if um, they're going through their own struggles, what would be your message of hope for them? Well, first of all, for people that oftentimes you do end up, uh, let's say you have, you're gaining a disability later in life, for example, that'd be another instance. Mm-hmm. Or if you're struggling with hope, you know, homelessness, Hopelessness doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all. And try to find your hope wherever you can do it, whether it's spiritually or... But also, I always like the phrase, stick and stay and make it pay. Mm. Because if you can stick and stay, you can climb whatever wall or whatever mountain you think is a mountain because that mountain you know once you keep climbing you realize there the top is near mm-hmm. and you can persevere and you must and it's not going to no one said it was you know i always remember what i was told and uh, there was this actor named spencer tracy and he once said just because we make it look easy doesn't mean it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing whether your problem is, you know, drug addiction, drug addiction, alcohol, whether your problem is homelessness, or whether your problem is, you know, even, uh, you know, losing weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my current journey. <laughs> you know, and it is. Well, see, and... and so far, I've lost about 20 pounds, so my doctor was happy the other day. Congrats. And it's always nice when the doctor's happy. Yeah, and, the, you know, the and journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And you can, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it, you, I think people have to remember to try to be their own best friend. Mm. I think sometimes... I think most, many of us get stuck on being so concerned about what other people think about us or having preconceived notions that we don't know that we can have a guidance within ourselves to... That inner light. The inner light that Mm -hmm. says, you know, you can continue. And it doesn't mean it's easy and it never is, but you can do it. Yeah. Excellent. 
Well, Stan, I just want to thank you for um, being our latest victim uh, to, to steal some terminology from you. Yes, I know. And um, I just want to thank everybody for listening in to episode 12 of our Finding Hope podcast. And, and I'm remember, let you um, finish out your, your pitch. And remember, <laughs> please go to the host, podcasting host service, anchor.fm, and make a donation hit that donate button mm-hmm. and make it happen i feel like i'm on one of those you know um uh, pledge drives you are you know this like this is a pledge drive right now okay yeah, like, it's tied now <laughs> it is not enough boys and girls mm-hmm. you can do it we have so many, before we reach the top, we expect this much until, okay. Anyway, <laughs> have a great day, everybody, and take care. Thank you. <laughs>